Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Galactic Actually. I am Jamie Smith. And I am A. Diallo Jackson. And today we are going to be talking about the Resistance webisodes, which are on the Season 3 Blu-rays. And from what I understand, that may be the only way to see them. Yeah, they're nowhere online as far as I can tell. I mean, I have my ways of finding things, but that's the most reliable way to find them. I had never watched these before. Um, I've now watched it twice, but before I watched them a couple weeks ago, I had never seen these. I didn't even know that they existed, to be honest. Mm. And so you said that it helped enhance your viewing of the season three premiere. Yeah. Where I didn't feel lost necessarily because I knew like we already jumped ahead from where we left off. Mm -hmm. So there's this time gap where we were going to get the pieces filled in and yeah, like I didn't I didn't feel like I was missing anything by not having seen these. Yeah. Now that I've seen them, like it 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 enhances it, I guess. But Yeah. I I don't think that like what I I think we were chatting I I don't think that it makes you like less lost. That's not quite what I'm thinking, but like you said, like it it so it just kind of it shows um a little bit of background for the resistance itself, um, kind of the things that they're up to before uh, the premiere. And it also, I think most importantly, um, just gives a little bit of a character arc for both Duck and Jammer leading into the premiere, um, which is important for some of the things that they end up doing that we see them doing in the those first five episodes or so. And yeah, it's not it's not that you would be lost or not, but just it just gives a little bit more context, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
I do think it's interesting the characters that we have in here. I think I don't know much about the actors who play Duck and Jammer, but I know that Aaron Douglas and Michael Hogan are Canadian, <laughs> so they live in Canada. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they sort of gathered people who were local. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, we don't have, we don't have um, Michael Trucco, right. who is a major player in the resistance. Yeah. And we, we don't have, um, why can't I think of her name that plays Tori? But we don't have Tori, who is another big player. Yeah, I, I did a quick look and actually, yeah, everybody is Canadian. Um, so yeah, because yeah. I do know that it. Uh, I I don't know if it's like you know some rights issues or anything, but um, part of I think why it's you know we can't find it is because there are um, like maybe like SAG or WGA issues because um, this was kind of made in this weird space when they were still figuring out like web and entertainment stuff. So it's uh, I guess it's like a non WGA production and i don't know maybe that has something to do with it that makes sense um because especially back then this was like 2006 i think Mm -hmm. um the internet was a was the wild wild west yeah like um things like webisodes were just really starting to become something that people were doing youtube was you know, had only recently really hit. Like, <laughs> do you remember? I remember when Lazy Sunday, <laughs> the Saturday Night Live skit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> happened. And it, like, I remember being at our friend Sarah's house and she was like, oh my God, we just need to pull it up on YouTube. And I was like, what the hell is YouTube? <laughs> because no one, YouTube wasn't a thing. And Lazy Sunday, like, it like really put youtube on the map because everybody was going there to watch it yeah and and so i think back to like if like lost had tried to do webisode things like i might have you know gone out of my way to find them Mm -hmm. but for the most part like nobody even knew how to market it it's not like we were carrying around smartphones where it was being thrown on facebook because even facebook wasn't a thing yeah like it was these things were just hard to come by yeah and and yeah like the rights involved like who knows <clears throat> i know the actors got paid i remember working at a talent agency and sending people on auditions for webisodes mm-hmm. but even then we were like what what is the what is the rate mm-hmm. like how what's the pay range here like it was there was nothing standard yeah because it was so new. Yeah. I mean, I know that like the WGA now has, um, you know, uh, verbiage and protections for things, even if you're just going to put, be putting something up on YouTube, um, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you have to have like uh, um, whatever, whatever, uh, signatory. Uh, you have to be a signatory for like a SAG to, if even if you're just going to put it on YouTube. So I know that they have those stuff, that stuff now. Um, but yeah, back then it was kind of murky and 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's actually kind of surprising that it's on the Blu-ray, but then again, I don't, well, I don't know when the, actually the Blu-ray was printed and when it came out. Um, so that <laughs> that might be a reason why it's actually on, uh, able to be on there. Like if they put one out now, it might not be there. You know, I don't know. Um, I read on Wikipedia. It says. It says, currently for legal reasons, attempting to view the webisodes from outside of the USA will present you with a frozen video player stating either of two messages. Your video will begin playing after a brief advertisement, a message typically meaning that a brief video ad will play before the playback of the selected video, or we're sorry, but the clip selected isn't available from your location. Please select another clip. Users outside of America will have to purchase or procure the Region 1 DVD of Season 3, a Blu-ray release of the same set, a television broadcast, or some other legal means becomes available to view them. To date, the current bare-bones non-USA DVD releases do not contain these webisodes. And it, um, I, I haven't looked ahead to Season 4, but uh, Face of the Enemy, I'm assuming, is on there, and I... I think I, I think I actually have those on like Amazon or something <laughs> like Amazon prime or something. I might've, there's something I remember buying like way, it was like the is season four um, downloading or something. So they might have figured out the rights by then that might be like a little bit easier to find. I'm not sure. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always been, you know, I worked in tech, and more you know so i've always been super plugged into you know that side of things so when the webisodes were coming out for me it was just like oh there's more content you know um like i said i I mean i used to watch Battlestar galactica on my computer because i had a had set up i had made this whole setup you know to record um online or to record over the air on my computer um so anyway yeah it was uh i just remember you know that time between season two and the beginning of season three and just like chomping at the bit (laughs) for like anything especially the way it ended and um so it was like oh this is so cool we're gonna be getting like a little bit more stuff um as it turns out it like you said it's not it's not that it's like super informative or like necessarily even important but it gives a little bit of texture um and kind of shows you a little bit of what they were up to and how they were operating just before sort of like the the main events happen um that starts in season three yeah that's the last time we see ty with his his eye Mm, that's true yeah There's something here. In an interview covering the WGA picket line on November 6, 2007, Ron Moore indicated that NBC Universal had wanted to produce a series of online webisodes but didn't want to pay anyone for it, seeing as they considered such things as promotional material and were not actually covered under the Writers Guild of America contract. The Battlestar Galactica writing team embraced the new story opportunity, but other NBC Universal series, such as The Office, felt that webisodes were nothing but extra filler they were being forced to crank out. Initially refusing to do them, Moore and NBC Universal hammered out a deal whereby people would be paid. According to Bradley Thompson, the writing team was given extra pay for vaguely described extra work, 
but no long-term resolution was ever reached. However, while the deal for payment was made, Moore was later told that they wouldn't be credited for their work and refused to hand over the episodes based on that fact. Okay. Um, originally, they were meant to be aired once a week in the same fashion as the Razor flashbacks that precede the airing of Razor. For the 10 weeks preceding the season 3 premiere, this would have resulted in the webisode premiering in mid-August. However, their release was delayed due to the aforementioned labor dispute between the Writers Guild of America and NBC Universal regarding extra pay for the writers. Nothing here about paying the actors, though. There was, there was a couple strikes, <laughs> like because there was that there was so there was was there a strike? There was a, the writer strike is what they seem to be talking about. Okay. The, the WGA picket line was the writer strike. Oh. Um, there wasn't a, there wasn't a, a SAG strike, when like unlike this year. There was a because there, there was that strike. It was like two thousand eight or nine or whatever. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. It was set two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was right after Thanksgiving, or actually right before Thanksgiving of two thousand seven. Because yeah, he's this is talking about on the picket line November sixth, two thousand seven. Um, I yeah, I lost my job like one week into the strike. Oh man, she's well because I worked at a talent agency and suddenly there was no work. Yeah, and so. It, you know, they had to cut the assistants first because, you know, it's not like the agents aren't going to. So and I don't know who's paying them. But wasn't there. So what was the strike in like because there was a strike in season four, right? Is that another writer strike or no? Oh. No, I think it, the strike. I think this strike affected later because it pushed everything. But they. Yeah, this this strike. This was the only strike. Huh. I could swear, like, but it lasted. It lasted like, I don't know, sixteen weeks or something. Okay, I could swear. I could swear, like, season four. It like almost was like because they, they remember when they landed on whatever that planet. Well, they split it, but I don't think that had to do with the strike. I think that had to do with um, sci-fi wanting to sort of extend things oh yeah i could swear that there was like a big question like if that show was actually going to come back because of strike but maybe i'll look Mm -hmm. into it a little bit Mm -hmm. later i don't remember that yeah so it sounds like uh they did not resolve the issue of crediting the writers or people who produced the webisodes so ron moore took it upon himself to credit the people responsible via his blog on the official sci-fi channel website so crazy like yeah when they're figuring right stuff i know you know um you know i on the podcast i do uh tv obscura we go back and you know we do like obscure tv shows or whatever like it doesn't even have to be obscure either like but a lot of times um we discuss how it's hard to find episodes of some shows and it's purely because of the music um, you know, like a show made in the seventies or eighties, they were just kind of like, Oh, let's put this song in there, you know? Um, and then, that... yeah, they were out there just like Donald Trumping it, <laughs> like just using whatever the hell song they want. Yeah. And then the artists are like, uh, no. Yeah. But I mean, and it wasn't until, but I mean, I don't even know if it's necessarily that. Cause like, um, there's a few episodes of quantum leap, um, that when they first dropped, I remember when they, when it first came to like Hulu, there was uh, the, it wasn't even, 
I don't even think it was Hulu. It might have been Netflix. Anyways, one of one of the platforms didn't have like the pilot, and then there was like a pivotal episode they didn't have either, and it's because there was like music in there that they couldn't mm-hmm. clear, clear like clear the rights or whatever. But it was like on Hulu, I think. So it's like I think Netflix didn't have them, but Hulu did. <clears throat> so that um that happened with nine hundred two and Yeah, where yeah. a lot of music from nine hundred two and is completely different now if you watch it oh, it's terrible streaming or on dvd yeah um they had to put in other music because they couldn't they couldn't get the rights back yeah for the music that they'd originally had in it and that also does hold up a lot of shows being on streaming because of music rights yeah I mean, you know, everyone should get paid, and and I think like they will only like move forward with something if it like makes sense out of dollars and cents. Because I think like Moonlighting finally dropped, and you know, I think that was an mm-hmm. issue for forever. Um, but like for a lot of these shows, they're just like they're not going to bother. Um, I have like a we have a you know talking about. I was just having a conversation the other day about like wrestling actually, and it's you know funny because we a lot of the experience of watching wrestling like in the eight, like 70s, 80s, and 90s is the music that they have for your, you know, people when they're coming out to the ring. Um, and the WWE now has like these, you know, different tracks for these people coming out because, you know, the, the rights to it and stuff aren't available to them. Um, and it totally like transforms the experience. Like I haven't even gone back to watch 90210. I never even thought about that, but I probably wouldn't keep watching it just because it's like, like that's not. Well, for 90210, like I, I don't remember what a lot of the songs were. So for me, if I were to go back and watch it, I don't think it would really affect it that much because it's just going to be like really cheesy, mm-hmm. like 90s, early 80s or late 80s, early 90s music. Mm-hmm. Um but if it were like like something like Grey's Anatomy, if they didn't have the ability to keep their music rights, like music is such a huge part of that show. Mm-hmm. Specific songs are really like, for lack of a better term, instrumental to scenes and iconic. And if those songs were changed, it would change the entire show. Yeah. But I think they know what they're doing now better about securing those rights and, and keeping those rights um, and, you know, paying for that music. But I'm trying to think there was another, like, pretty big show that, like, wasn't on streaming and I think maybe still isn't on streaming because of music. Uh-huh. I can't think of what it is right now, but I mean, uh... I know that there have been a few things where... Like, I remember, like, why did it take so long for ER to end up on streaming? Yeah, I was just, when you were, for years, yeah, when you were talking, I literally was thinking about ER because there's a scene. I don't, I don't remember most of the music, but there is a scene that I remember. There's a song called like Sand and Water. And I, uh, I was very, I don't know, I just remember that particular song. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, if you had changed that, it would change the whole texture of everything. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if if it was music that was cuz there's not a lot of like music that's not, you know, the score yeah. used on that show. That uh-huh. show like didn't use a lot of pop music. Right. Um but it wasn't on streaming forever and I was just like why is ER nowhere? 
Mm-hmm. And when it showed up on Hulu, I spent like the next like three months just watching it every day. Yeah. <laughs> like I was so happy <laughs> to be able to go back and watch it. The other show that I cannot figure out why it's not on streaming still is Chicago Hope. Did you ever watch that? I never watched it. No, but uh, it was yeah. really good. It... Like really good. And it is nowhere. Wow. And this is like a show with like. Mandy Patinkin Mm -hmm. and Peter Berg before he became like a big director guy Mm -hmm. and you know like Christine Lottie like it's got an amazing cast and it was so good and it's just nowhere and I don't know why um I'm not sure like is Miami like Miami Vice would be a show like that um I'm not sure if it is streaming or not but that is I don't think it is yeah then like 21 Jump Street's not. Yes. And a lot of stuff from the 80s is not streaming. Yeah. Yeah. I actually remember hearing some stuff about 21 Jump Street. Like, uh, like if you get it, like some of the songs are different. And again, like that was especially, I remember, is like huge part of at least that first season. The like music. It was almost like music videos in, in some way. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh Back to this. <laughs> back to back to these webisodes. Yeah. Um, webisodes, things that do not exist anymore. A, it's a like a snapshot of the early two thousands. Yeah, everyone's trying to figure out. They were everyone was trying to figure out life, I guess. Um, yeah, like we didn't have streaming. YouTube wasn't really yet a thing. Yeah, and. So this was put up probably on Sci-Fi's website? Yeah, they were on Sci-Fi's website, and it was, you know, there was, like, a player that played them. So they were probably, ser- yeah. like, serving them from whatever server they had themselves. Um, and that might, you know, might have been another consideration. Um, like the tech not, might not have been there to hold. I, I remember, like, the, you know, it was it was small and tiny, and those those web players weren't, like, the greatest back then. It's probably, like, a real player or something. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and you know, watching it on Blu-ray, it's not like the quality is top-notch or anything. Oh yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. I just, I just had assumed it would be, you know, like high definition, like everything else. And I was like, oh, it's like <laughs> small and kind of pixelated. <laughs> yep. And it, it just, it feels like. <laughs> trying to think of like the the way i want to describe this it feels really low budge yeah oh absolutely um no i mean like, you know, yeah it definitely was and when i <laughs> when i started watching it i was actually surprised to see chief and ty yeah because they're like legit cast members right i mean not not top of the line cast members they're not in the opening credits but they are you know legit cast members i just figured like i knew because you told me that this was like about duck and jammer Mm -hmm. i just figured it would be like these you know g-list members of the cast and no they had a couple of the a-listers in there but um does it so there was a there there was a scene in the webisode where uh, like Jammer is you know, like waiting for a Cylon to come talk to him, and I remember, you know, I haven't seen these webisodes in 
however, like pretty much since they came out, I might have watched them again at some point. Um, but I didn't really remember which Cylon it was, right? So I yeah. started like in my head, I started like going through this list of like, like who could it be? Who could it be? And then I was like, oh, it has to be Doral because yeah. that was like kind of what you were saying. Like, I was just going, I was going through this list of like who, based on like their sort of like, I think it's like it couldn't be Lucy Lawless, you know, it wasn't going to be cat, you know, it was like so. And then I and I kind of narrowed it down. I was like, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Simon. And I, and I was like, Leo Ben doesn't really show up for until like the till the season starts like um, more significantly. And yeah. then I was just like, oh, yeah, it's probably it's probably Daral. And sure enough, he comes walking in, you know, and I just but I just I did that just based on like kind of knowing it would be like these lower tier actors you know um yeah right. and, and it's definitely like it's sort of like quote unquote cheap um it looks like it's using a lot of the sets that you know i don't know i don't know like a production wise if they were shooting this concurrently or before or what but it looks like it's kind of like using some of the side sets you can see the way that the camera's angled in some lots of instances gives the illusion of there being a lot of space yeah um like there's a shot when um when jammer's getting out of the holding um and chief is sitting there waiting for him and it's just you know they don't show you any sky or anything, but it's also kind of like gives you the a feeling like the, it's like he in it's in some big location and how there the there's a sequence when they're like with the the temple, there's like this kind of tinted hallway or something, and mm-hmm. you know it just gives the it gives yeah. this feeling of like it being bigger. There was there is one thing when we and I probably will when they get to the shots of New Caprica in season three, I did notice like you know they were showing the you know, the establishing shots that they were probably were using. Yeah. And I, there's like, a, again, I'm watching it on like a huge TV for the first time in my life now. And I, you know, I noticed like, it looks like there's a little lake in the background of the city, I think. I'm not sure. So it's like, but it was like kind of pixelated. So when we get to the season three, I'll, I'll really be able to take a look at it. But um, yeah, it definitely did not look, expensive but then i'm kind of like i think that that's cool because it's kind of crafty you know like uh using what you i mean it's a lot of scenes and tents yeah like a lot (laughs) 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 and yeah so basically the plot of these 10 little episodes is that the resistance is trying to build up they are having a problem getting recruits basically they don't have a lot of people the Cylons are killing anyone who has weapons um, on site and so the resistance is doing a lot of hiding weapons in places and they decide to hide some weapons in the temple and then somehow the Cylons find out that there may be weapons in the temple and the Centurions just off screen kill a bunch of people. And there's a question of 
who told the Cylons that there were, uh, like, who tipped them off. Um, but also, did the resistance, did they put them there and tip off the Cylons themselves to get a rise out of people? Because the result of this, you know, 10 people being killed at the temple is that people were protesting at Colonial One and like 150 people signed up to join the resistance, which Ty thinks is a, a very good trade. 10 people for 150. Lose a few guns, gain 150 people. He's very... uh He's very Hazard. pragmatic about yeah. war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he like literally tells Jammer not to be a crybaby and is like, this is war. Good people die. That's what happens. Suck right. it up or get out. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's like, there's so like, like from a, like a little bit of like the character context about um out, like outside of the plot. So it starts out sort of where, Jammer actually is on the inside with the resistance. So he's yeah. actually he actually is with the resistance and they're trying to recruit Duck. Yeah. And And Duck's um, not interested because he just yeah. wants to get his girlfriend pregnant. Yeah. And um I think it's his wife actually, I think. Is it his um, wife? Yeah, I think so. Or maybe fiance, I don't know. But like yeah, anyways. So that I mean, from a character standpoint, I uh, that's the that's the thing that I really find interesting of this whole thing is where you know it starts out with Jammer on the outside and or no Jammer on the inside and Duck on the outside, but then through the events of the show, like uh, from the webisodes, Duck's wife actually gets caught up in that um, massacre or whatever mm-hmm. with the temple, and so. He, you know, you would think that he would be angry at the resistance and want to push back against them. But he, as it turns out, he actually decides he's going to join them and sort of like be subversive. Whereas Jammer, he, he feels kind of skittish about everything, especially after that's happened. And I don't know if skittish is the word. Well, yeah, skittish probably is not the word, but he just, he's very, uh, like he, he's no pun intended resistant. <laughs> to, yeah. Like he's like, he, he didn't want them to hide the weapons in the temple anyways, but it was a lot of his based kind of like religious based, like mm-hmm. he thought that they were desecrating it and stuff. And then he just felt responsible for the people. And he, it, it was established that he had like a really close relationship with, um, duck and his and the wife nora so when she died he definitely that was that was sort of like the you know when when ty was <laughs> calling him a crybaby and stuff it was that was what the argument was actually about because duck or jammer was actually being like hey you know like it was her life worth all of this you know yeah and um yeah so it, I don't know. Like, Jammer, I've always, like, you know, especially after what happens, I've always hated him. But, like, this, like, even though it kind of, sh- it, like, humanizes his journey a little bit more, um, it didn't make me hate him any less. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? well, because you see that it's, like, a conscious decision that he makes. You know, yeah. he's he's sort of rounded up by Doral. 
um, brought to detention and then given this sort of opportunity to be an informant. And then he joins the the Caprica police force, which he initially is against. Duck is definitely against because, like, this is people policing. This is humans policing humans doing the work for the Cylons, which the Cylons try to, um, they try to, you know, describe it as like, oh, this is just to, to keep you safer. If you mm-hmm. police yourselves, then, you know, we don't have to worry about the Centurions, like, you know, being robots and just killing indiscriminately or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Jammer's really against it, but then he he gets rounded up and is given this little, like, SD card, and Doral's like, just show this at the gate, and they'll bring you right to me. And it's basically like hey, here's an opportunity for you. You might get a farm someday. Mm-hmm. You might be able to have a family. All you have to do is betray your people he by telling him... us what they're up to. Yeah, he plies him with basically Turkish delight. Um, that little bottle of soda or whatever it is, that bottle of juice that he oh, uh, kind I of entices it, him with. I called it Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid, I literally, <laughs> like, yeah. He says it's juice, but I was like, from what fruit? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that that's actually part of the plot, right? Because uh, he, he says that the there's a little farm somewhere yeah. that uh, the, there are Cylons working with uh, humans. Side by side. Like, yeah, he paints it like this, you know, utopia. It feels very Jim Jones, <laughs> like speaking of like Kool-Aid. It's, you know, it's like, oh, these sort of like these collaborator types are going to go out there. They're going to do this stuff. And like, you know, who knows if it was actually real or not? Um, I doubt it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, kind of it just when I it thought Turkish Delight from uh, Lion, the Witch of the Wardrobe when Edmund gets enticed by the white yeah. witch, right. you know, to betray him, betray the uh, the family. And it's sort of like, sort of like, it's just like, is that all? Is that all it takes? Is just like little juice? You know, yeah. <laughs> and like, so I understand to an extent, like I understand where Jammer is coming from in that he is like, hey, maybe this is going too far. We're like allowing our own people to be killed just so you can like push everybody else into wanting to join up. Like, is that worth it? I get that. But then. I'm sure the intention here was to, like, let us understand why Jammer joins the Capitol or the Caprica police and why Duck is there. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make me feel better about Jammer. It actually makes me feel worse about Jammer. Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying. Like, I actually, I, I saw this and I hate him just as, like, much. <laughs> it's not, like, you know what I mean? It's not... I've always like I saw this going way back <laughs> in the day, and I'm just like f that guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately, you know, ultimately, I think it is because he, like, you know, kind of go. I didn't mean that word skittish when I was talking a little bit earlier, but ultimately, and this goes back to 
that uh, episode. Uh, I forget. Uh, is it fragged? The episode when they when they scattered when they were lot when the when they were lost on the Galactica. The, the Cylons got into the Galactica, and um, Jammer was like hiding. Yeah, you know. Um, he just has this quality where he will always like kind of default to coward cowardliness and so in this instant i think you like i hate him more because he he i mean he had a choice Mm -hmm. he could have still said that it's not worth it to betray my friends i was going to say people but i actually like betray his friends right um he had like he could have been like you know i'm not going to do this and like died or whatever whatever it is um but like he just didn't have he didn't have the stones didn't have the nads you know so it's like he screw you and then like when then we and we see what happens to duck like in this plus what he does later it's like yeah like duck you are worthy yeah even if even if you're not gonna make it to like duck doesn't duck doesn't blame the resistance for what happened whether that's because he doesn't know that they maybe set this all up intentionally to drive recruitment mm-hmm. um he just sees it as these cylons killed my wife and i want to get back at them yeah so he joins the cap the caprica police to be on the inside to be mm-hmm. an informant for the resistance and he does it on his own and i don't know there's like it's like he came up with the idea himself and then yeah goes to them and is like hey so here i'm going to be on the inside i can feed you information and and jammer could have easily done the same thing but mm-hmm. he just i don't know i guess the idea of a a farm where he can make some radioactive juice is more enticing or he's just weak-willed i don't know but yeah, it, you know, it's a great, you're right, like, because uh, Tyrrell is a little shocked when Duck um, gives, confronts him with that idea. And even Tyrrell's like, oh, that's pretty dangerous. And, yeah. Um, but, you know, Duck's like, I'm, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, I love the line where um, Tyrrell's like, uh, welcome back to the fleet, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so, you know, and that going back a little bit earlier, um, when they were having a discussion, it was like, it was like a, a Ty and, um, Tyrol and, uh, Bartolet, I think her name is, um, they were, um, and then, and also I think Jammer was there. Yeah. Cause he was, Ty was saying this to Jammer and he was saying how like Duck has X amount of kills. Like he, why are you afraid to? Ask him if he's going to join the resistance because, like, he was a soldier, so yeah, he should. But, but you know, the what was what Duck was kind of was kind of struggling with, and there's a line in there where he says, like, I, you know, um, I'm tired of taking orders and all that stuff. I'm like, want to leave the military behind me. And like I said, he just wants to kind of like live live a whatever quote unquote normal life, you know, under those circumstances, not too normal. But um, so when he when his wife dies, like it, you know, he's angry. And there's a scene where he actually asked them if the resistance put those weapons in the temple. So he knows, you yeah. know, um, it, cause Tyrrell tells him, eventually tells him, yeah. 
um, and he still makes that choice. So it's just like we, you know, Duck Duck's doing the right thing. He's courageous, and he's putting his anger in the right direction. And Jammer isn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jammer sucks. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a thing at the beginning when when Jammer like tries to recruit Doc and yeah. then goes back to Chief and is like, Yeah, he's just he says he has other plans and Chief's like, What other plans? <laughs> and Duck's like or Jammer's like, Well he you know, they wanna have a family and Chief's like, I have a family Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Like what does what does that have to do? Like what are we gonna leave them with? Yeah. <laughs> oh um, man. Like actually yeah. like I think um Aaron Douglas and Michael Hogan are really pretty great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not surprising because they're both pretty great all the time. Right. So I did enjoy getting to, you know, get a little bit more of those two who have always been two of my favorites. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, Aaron Douglas looks great. Beard just works. Yeah, I was noticing that too. Like it, it wasn't like super scruffy. Like I think the end of season two was like more scruffy or something, but it was a little bit more styled or something. Yeah, looked kind of cool. Really good. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that's it. That basically, this was yeah. about, about thirty minutes. 10 little three minute episodes. Um, I think some were slightly longer, some were slightly shorter, but it adds up to around 30 minutes. And it's, I'm not going to say like, no, it's a waste of time. Don't bother. Like it's definitely interesting, but it's not essential. Yeah. It's it's just, it's it's supplemental. Yeah. That's great. It's great. Great word for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, it was it was a part of my experience, and that's mostly just why I wanted to um, like include them. And um, again, like a, a person like yourself, who's who is a big fan, and I think you said you didn't even know they existed. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I feel like oh, there might be a bunch of people out there that don't know that these actually exist, yeah. and you know, like it, it's a, it, at the very least a curiosity for you to go out and and find them. Um, and yeah. and check them out, you know. Let's see what the Blu-rays are going for on Amazon right now. <laughs> just just to give the audience Battles of Galactica complete series, sixty bucks. Sixty bucks. Wow. Maybe we can. Uh, I'll put a link. Uh, we could put a link up to um, the Blu-ray. For them to purchase it if they're so inclined, if they want to easily find it. Yeah, there's another one. It looks different, but that one's forty nine ninety nine. It might be. I had a whole thing when I was buying mine. I had a whole thing because, like, there was there's like a certain version that didn't have things and other ones, and I and I. I had to do all this research, and I think I asked people, and then I ended up getting this one, um, the one that I have. Um, so, yeah, maybe do because I, I think it was like one of them might have been released like right. The, it might have been like the first release, and then mm-hmm. there might have been one much later that had 
stuff or didn't have it. So. Yeah, this $60 one is the one that I have. I was mostly just concerned about like whatever I got, I wanted to make sure Razor was on it. Uh, I wasn't, and wish it is, but I wasn't uh, aware that also have the plan and in some ways makes me want to burn my Blu-rays. <laughs> Wait, does mine, does mine have the plan? It's. I think we have the same one, so I think you. Yeah. I think you do have it. I think it's on like the last disc or oh, something. I don't think I yeah. realized that. I think I have the plan on DVD. Okay. Because I'm a completist. Yeah. I had I had the DVDs of Battlestar, but I splurged when you bought your Blu-rays. These they were on sale, and so I bought yeah. that and um. But I do have the plan already on DVD. I mean, you know, eventually we're going to talk about it, and we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have to. I mean, I, you know, have, yes, to. We have to. Have to. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about blood? What is it? Blood and Chrome? Is that available? Blood and Chrome. Um, I, it is. I you know, I actually do really want to talk about that one. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I remember it, enjoying it. I I think Luke Pascolino, who plays young Adama, yeah, I think he's excellent in everything I've seen yeah. him in. So I do remember liking it. I don't remember yeah. anything about it though. It was like, I mean, it, it gave a little bit of context um, to the Cylons and uh, like the experiments and stuff and i think they use the they used a similar or same scene in uh razor i think um when adama's on the planet or whatever um but it for me it was sort of like that same idea of just battlestar galactica as a whole which is like so it tapped into that og um mm-hmm. stuff a little bit um, even with like their the uniforms and um, but like it was like oh this was the ship back when it was in its heyday you know right. um, and uh, so I mean I you know even with the older Vipers and all that stuff so I really enjoyed that and it was sort of there was a video game out uh, for for a second uh, for Battlestar Galactica that was kind of the same it was like the first Cylon War so it kind of felt like I was getting like a rebooted uh, original Battlestar Galactica versus the reimagining <laughs> version mm-hmm. that we have, you know. Um, so that was cool. But I actually, you know, I thought it looked cool. Um, it was cheaper, I think, also. Um, I remember there being a lot of virtual sets and stuff, um, which probably would look much better in 2023 versus 2010 or whenever it was made. Uh, Blood and Chrome is on prime video oh, also you can get the blu-ray for 5.99 oh wow yeah i'm probably gonna get the blu-ray and stay away from uh yeah buying things on streaming these days because uh i'm, I'm gonna just go ahead and order this right now because it is 60 yeah. percent off oh i mean six bucks i'm just gonna i'm gonna purchase this right now so we can cover that eventually as well all right so this is our little supplemental episode and next week we will be returning to 
covering the actual show, starting with Occupation, which I watched last week while I was recovering, and it's so fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) I was so happy. Was it an hour and a half, or was it just a regular? Uh, You know what? I am not the right person to ask right now because I was recovering from surgery, so I was Uh sort of unaware of the passage of time. Uh I have no idea if it's longer or not. Okay. Yeah, I just I'm just now thinking about it. I was like, because I were I kind of remember. I do the, know that something listed episode. that and the episode following it as basically like a part one, part two of each other. Yeah, yeah. I so I knew that, and I'm just kind of like I could remember if it was like a longer episode or in my memory, like did they show part one and part two the same day, like when it first came out? I couldn't remember. Um, I think I they remember might like, have. Yeah, I remember it being like a big thing. <laughs> Especially, I think, and this is the, I think the next episode is the one where um, Duck does his thing, I think. Yeah, that's um, And I, I, I feel like that was, I feel like that was the end of part one, but I can't remember, so. Um, I, 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 okay, so yes, the episode is longer, and it was, they did air back to back on okay, the same night. Yeah. So right. it, the episodes are listed as an hour and 28 minutes each. <laughs> Um, Oof. yeah, so they were 90 minute episodes when they, no, they would have been two hour episodes when they aired. God, that means they played the four hours basically of Battlestar that night. Yeah, they must, uh, like, I don't know. I, I remember watching it and it might, it might not have felt like, <laughs> like yeah. too much. Cause I was, I just remember just being so into it. Um, a lot, a lot happens. Um, okay. So I... these. These were in 2006, so that quote that I talked about from 2007, from November of 2007, was leading into season four, or possibly season four had already started production. So you are right about that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what I kind of. That's what I thought. I just remember there being a big question mark just when they when they have that moment, and it was like that. It almost could have served as the mm. finale. And then well, there was like a question of whether or not they were actually going to be able to come back. And then like when the strike was over, then they did. And then it was like, all right, okay. here we go for the last half. So season four started in April of 2008. So that was post-strike. Probably mm-hmm. right when the strike ended, they finally could air it. So they had mm-hmm. obviously that first chunk up through episode 10, they had filmed. and okay. then And then the strike happened. So then it came back in January of 2009. Okay. June June 13th, 2008 was when episode 10 aired and episode 11 aired on January 16th, 2009. So a six-month wait. Yeah, I, re- I remember the big wait. Maybe that's maybe I'm like conflating because I knew about the strike and maybe I knew about the production side. Yeah, and I then, think they must yeah. have stopped production. And so yeah. they had, were at a stopping point, which was a crazy stopping point. Um, yeah. Where I guess for us on the outside could have felt like, like, oh, my God, are they going to, is this it? Yeah. But they had to go back into production to finish the season. After I know the I've, se- I've seen some opinions that, like, that's where the show should have ended. I, I absolutely I disagree. Do not Absolutely agree. disagree. 
but you know, it's those those it's those people that like want to be. They just want it seems like they're super cool. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't like happy and happy endings are like inferior or something. Like they're not. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand people like that. But yeah. Um, anyway, if uh, that's if that is where Battlestar had ended, that would have been so depressing. It would have it would have been depressing, and also would have felt a, a would have felt a feeling of com- incompleteness. Yeah, like I, you know, my my whole thing about Battlestar Galactica, um, part of why it works, like it works for so many different reasons, but the part of it is that it's a journey, right? Like it's literally a physical journey from one place to the other. They're seeking Earth, and that was like the big like you know, in the original show just like ended. And I think that that's partly why the show lasted for like the fandom around the show lasted so long. Cause there was always this feeling of like, oh, I wonder what happened, you know? And, um, if, if this show had ended this, that like just in that mid season finale, like we'd be talking about the show in a different context. And I don't know that we'd be talking about it in like a, a, as good a context as we are, you know? Yeah. Cause it would have felt like a missed opportunity. Like you ended and you weren't actually over. Yeah. Like yeah. that is not the end of their story, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And also I wouldn't ever, I don't know that I would bother like rewatching actually. Um, you know, like I, like, I don't want to watch a journey where there's no, I don't know, any kind of like hope or something at the end. I'm actually kind of thinking of like Rogue One. It's like Rogue One. It's like it's like on a, in a lot of ways there's a downer, but the, it, like it in, it ends on a a note of hope, mm-hmm. and it's also like one part one part of you know a larger story. But like like I, I just like I need I I needed that completion for this this story you know and i i don't know that that if i don't know that i would have had that feeling if you know that was the if that was the ending that they had in that mid-season so yeah and i mean i'm not saying that every ending has to be a happy ending obviously Mm -hmm. i mean there are some things that ended exactly how they were supposed to and it wasn't happy breaking bad Mm -hmm. does not end in a happy place Uh, yeah but it was the exact perfect ending for that show um so it doesn't have to be like sunshine and and puppies (laughs) i think i like certain shows certain shows don't need to end that way this it's not like battlestar it does have a, a hopeful ending and i think that was right for this show. Yeah. I think that's what I'm saying. It's like they it's like it's the the show itself is a dark one but they are seeking hope, yeah. right? And so and they kind of like, you know, Lord of the Rings the same. It's like that shit like their their journey is dark, but they're like they're seeking a particular thing. Yeah. And like like Breaking Bad, the ending was appropriate because he wasn't seeking hope. <laughs> no. You know, like it, they kind of abandoned any idea of that in the first season. So it's just, or the first or second season. So it's just about how things continue to grow and spiral. So we, the, like the ending of that felt natural. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So anyways, I'm glad that it ended the way it did. Um, 
Well, we'll you know, we'll we'll get there. We're halfway through. We're halfway through. Yeah. <clears throat> so we have a, the back half of the series to go, and when we talk about, well, finally we get to the finale. I mean, I do admit it is like there is a degree of controversy around that finale right. episode. Some people have some very strong opinions about it, but don't I personally, them. yeah, I don't have any. I I can kind of discuss the Starbucks thing with some people. Um, I know some people really hated it. I saw it coming so i just was kind of like oh that makes sense you know um but other than that i thought it was the perfect conclusion to this journey that we went on i kind of like what do you want and i some people were like because it wasn't dark enough i'm like okay anyway (laughs) i don't know we'll get we'll get there (laughs) yeah so do you have anything any last words before we go uh, no, I'm looking forward to, we're going to be starting season three next week. And um, yeah. yeah, it's a whole, whole new ball game, whole new ball game. Yeah. Every, like we hit these mile markers where I'm like, yes, right. We've got new Caprica. Okay, cool. And then I'm already thinking ahead to like, oh, the next thing that like blew my mind. <laughs> I can't wait to get to that yeah. point. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so I like the the I call them in my head. I call them like the fallout episodes um, that result from the new Caprica stuff. And the, like, there's some really good stuff. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some really good episodes, and uh, can't wait to get to those either. Yeah, but I want to enjoy <laughs> quote unquote enjoy my time on New Caprica right now. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then we will be back next week. And until then, what do you hear? Nothing but Jammer being a collaborator. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. listening to the Geekscape Network.